0: Yeah, it's Buku One here. One thing I know,
1: every good podcast deserves its own theme song. Oh, for sure. And this one most definitely deserves its own theme song. We
0: changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one of more is golden eye.
1: Mike's the level headed, <laughs> baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. And can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening, so why even attempt it? From bare-knuckle fighting, to Grammy songwriting, to Burning Man flames, to firefighter video games, and many, many more than I could put in a verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. And many, many more than I could put in one verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad and with me as always is the ever so... Handsome, <laughs> tall, beautiful, uh, perfectly shaven <laughs> Mike Hampton. What's up? Well, who are you talking what? about? <laughs> talking about you, Mr. Handsome, <laughs> me. Oh, yes, you, sir. Uh, what's up, man? We haven't done one of these kind of interviews in a long time,
0: my friend. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, yeah, it's been
2: longer than that, but okay. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. the The age gets to you sometimes. I know. Three weeks. <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. Four weeks. Five. <laughs> three weeks. Uh, but yeah, we just it was in January. Yes, <laughs> we uh, we did we just did New Orleans, and then we did um, Stockton Con, uh, and now today's guest is going to be a very special one. I think. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of the year so far. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I guess we can we can say this too because we talk about it in the in the interview. But we are going to be at East Bay Con on.
0: The sixth? No. No, we're not. No. East Bay Comic Con.
2: <laughs> Wait, is oh uh, come
0: on. <laughs> you said East Bay Con. East
2: Bay Comic Con, you're right. I gotta get things right. We know yeah. we already
0: know. Get the name right. Yes. Yes, get you know, practice. Get <laughs> practice always practicing everything. Always get the names right. I know,
2: I know. <laughs> but that brings up a great point because if you've just heard that theme song, uh we I just we definitely gotta shout out our theme song here. Um let's give a huge shout out to a dear friend of ours, uh Tian Buku1 Torrance, uh who hosts another show on the network here, uh Arts to Empire. Art to Empire.
0: He did an awesome intro. What do you think, Mike? I mean I mean, <laughs> I, I, I I I didn't know what to think <laughs> when I first heard it because I've never really heard a song where they talked about me in the song unless it was someone that i was with on the song and we were rapping at each other it's it's kind of fun right <laughs> <laughs> no it's super dope i love it yeah um his his production and the lyrics and yeah it's great and I think it uh, it hits the spot for us for, so. for sure thank you Buku yes
2: thank you Buku yes. for sure um, it's just great you know I've said this for tons of times on the show but it's like people I've admired you know like you and, and now him it's like those, my life is coming full circle man it's fucking insane you know, I'm still, to this day, Mike, we can be doing this for 10 more years and I will always be very thankful to be here with you. Oh,
0: well, you're quite welcome.
2: <laughs> and that's And that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, it's, uh, it's a dope theme song. So thank you so much for uh, doing that for us, Buku. We appreciate it. And check out his show on our network. Uh, you can get the free episode right now. Uh, Art to Empire, and where he uh, interviews Domino from Hieroglyphics. So that's fucking dope, right? Sweet, hell yeah. So yeah, Mike. Uh, before we keep this machine rolling, we're gonna talk about something. So if you'd, you've heard our previous episode, we've learned that you were struggling to make a D and D game world. That's right,
0: <laughs> I was.
2: Well, guess what, Mike? We got to talk about it again because I have great news for you there yeah. their kickstarter officially launched february 1st it's already out there already out there
0: oh wow i got to go check it out d- wait what's the what's the kickstarter again
2: so what i'm referring to is uh <laughs> tabula um, has wait wait tabula <laughs> T- tab- tab- tabula tabula okay <laughs> tabula sono just making sure <laughs> Just making sure I heard that right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make the same mistake, okay? <laughs> Tabulous So okay. New uh, Kickstarter has officially launched. I and mean, if you don't remember what that is, that is a free 3D virtual whiteboard for all tabletop RPG gaming. What this does is basically, instead of using a boring you know, whiteboard, you know, just pen and marker, you can actually use a digital platform that's 100% free. And you're able to literally play any tabletop RPG, whether it's Dungeons & Dragons, where it's Dune, Fallout. It doesn't matter what it is, you can play it and create that world for free on any tablet, computer, browser, anything, no matter. And the best part is, and I think this truly is one of my favorite parts is that in order to do all this, you don't need to really sign up for anything. So if you were the person initially setting it up, you have to sign up, but once you give it to everybody else, they don't have to do nothing. So Mike, I just send Mike the, the link, he clicks the link and guess what? We're playing or vice versa. So Mike, that's pretty freaking sweet if you ask me.
0: I mean, I'm stoked because now I can use the marker to just draw on my face instead of the whiteboard. Exactly,
2: exactly. Now, one of the things I want to talk about really fast is when you do sign up, they have some great, great rewards. If you go to the Kickstarter, just all you got to do is go to tabulasono.com forward slash Uncle Dad. Click the Kickstarter button, it'll take you right there. Depending on how much you pledge, we'll give you some sweet, sweet rewards. Uh, One of the best ones, I think, is that you get a custom dice bag and custom dice. Um, On top of that, they have a bunch of uh, exclusive asset packs. You get early access. You get a free uh, premium subscriptions. I mean, the the benefits in setting up is just amazing. Uh, You want more figures to use? Just look at the perks. You'll find it. Uh, So again, go to tabulasono.com forward slash uncle dad. And that's T-A-B-U-L-A-S-O-N-O.com forward slash uncle dad. So Mike, do that right now. I'm going to do it. Awesome. So let's uh, talk about our guest real quick. Mike, go ahead and set it up.
0: Okay. So our guest, uh, like you mentioned, we're going to be at uh, East Bay Comic Con uh, this weekend, and our guest is a guest at this convention. Um, He's a, I don't know, I would say a very iconic artist and carries a very iconic art style and legacy with him from the past, from his father uh, his name is Mark Bode, and I've been a fan of his since I can remember being into comics, or indie comics. I'm so stoked to have him on the show, because he's he's been in the industry since he was a kid. He knows so many people, he's got so many stories, and and uh, I'm just excited to really talk to him.
2: Yeah, you guys are on for a big treat, because this is seriously one of my favorite episodes of the year so far. So, uh, without further ado, Let's all have a good time. Let's all be safe. And before I forget, make sure you go to UncleDadTalks.com to, hear, to check out all everything Uncle Dad. All our interviews are there. Everything you need, Uncle Dad is there. And of course, follow us on Instagram at, at Uncle Dad Talks. And of course, follow Mike. Mike Hampton Art. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> I got that right. See? That's right. <laughs> you did it. Good job. Good job. You did it. I did it. Great. <sighs> all right, everybody. We'll be right back after this.
0: All right. So, I am really uh, super pleased and stoked to introduce our guest for this for this episode. I've been a fan of his stuff for a long time. I've, I've followed his work and then followed him around uh, comic conventions as well. <laughs> uh, he's worked on all kinds of stuff from his own creations to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Cherry pop art. He's done art in Heavy Metal magazine, Epic Illustrated, Penthouse magazine, he created the Miami Mice, which was a huge indie comic, none other than a Mark Bode. Mark, welcome to our show. Hello. How was that was that intro suffice? Was that was yeah, that okay? Yeah, that's
2: great. <laughs> can I can I just really quickly say oh. I <laughs> <laughs> I love Miami Mice. Just just want to throw that out there. Oh wow. Uh, but go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I just like, got excited about that. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that, and you said it. I was like, yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, funny, I was in uh, uh, Mark, I was in New Orleans a few weeks back. We were both there, and uh, we were going to, a, I was walking through some shops on Magazine Street. I forget the name of the shop, and there was a uh, they all kinds of like oddities and and huge masks and stuff that looks like goes on Mardi Gras floats, and someone had built a big, like, three-foot-big uh, long Miami Mice car, like mm-hmm. a replica of the car with the two, with the mice in it. I don't know if that was manufactured or if Whoa. someone just made that, or... I should have taken a picture to show you.
1: Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that picture. Yeah, wow. wow. No, I have not seen that. It, the Miami Mice, you know, was actually just a fluke, you know. Um, you know, the, the Ninja Turtles had just come out and was a big hit. They hadn't yet made it on TV. Um the black and white boom was 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 in effect. So there was like fish police and radioactive black belt hamsters and you know, spin offs of the Ninja Turtles. And uh Kevin and Pete were just getting off the ground. Just they they, they had a really good selling comic and that was it. Um but we were at a carney game thing you know like a carnival somewhere and and they had the miami mice plates like these little glass mirrors that said miami mice on them and my wife's like wouldn't that make a good comic and i was like well yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i was like wow yeah you know and then and then i pitched it to ripoff press um who was printing cheech wizard at the time my father's cheat wizard, and um, he said, "Why not give it a go?" And and it was a huge hit. I couldn't believe it. My first comic book out the door sold one hundred eighty thousand copies in a year's time. Kind of crazy. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was very disillusioning because you know your first comic and you, you is is that kind of success and it just doesn't seem right, you know. But but hey, you know your next one's going to be better, right? but it really doesn't happen that way you know I jumped off the bandwagon way too soon and got on to some some uh, to a project that was more artsy and uh fl- failed horribly <laughs> 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 but but uh yeah I should have stuck it out a little longer I could have could have rode it out for another year or two I bet but you know
0: yeah I I've I've heard you mention the story of of Miami mice and I don't know. I, I kind of relate to it in some ways. You talk about you'd be drawing the book. You're you're hunting mice underneath your drawing table with a BB gun, um, yeah. you know, and just kind of kind of overload on the mice, right? You're like, enough of this. I'm ready, like you said, I'm ready for my next thing, something more artistic. I had a similar situation. I was drawing hot zombie chicks for for a number of years. I didn't sell 180 thousand copies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but for me it was it, it was successful enough and 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 then i got zomb- zombied out and and also wanted to do something or uh, my next comic a little more intentional something with a little deeper meaning and it flopped big time <laughs> so you don't know how it's going to go in the comic industry at all
1: you just got to kind of yeah. do what entertains yourself you know like Even the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, Kevin and Pete never thought it was going to be what it was, you know, and they were just watching some A-Team on the TV. Um, You know, an official story was Kevin was smoking a little herb and uh, Peter was totally straight, but probably had contact, and they are watching the A-Team, and then uh, Kevin said, hey, this is a Ninja Turtle. Drew a Ninja Turtle, and then he drew his version and said this is a teenage mutant and the two got together but they never expected it to be what it was you know it's just like you just do it foolishly out of just entertaining yourself and and uh, you never know you know you just got to entertain yourself you know try not to think about the money part cuz it's usually elusive
0: yeah yeah it's like y- you just do whatever whatever comes to you and that's where the real creative gems really come from and then you know if you, if you're if you're trying too hard to think of something to, just to make money it's it's probably not going to it's not going to work out i you know the same thing goes for i think musicians right like you know a lot of the big hits you hear they wrote them in 10 minutes neil young goes into the woods for 10 minutes and comes back with uh, old man or uh, right so we, we we jumped in and and i know you've told your story many times over the years and it's just it's always really fascinating to me when i think about like who you are and where you've come from and the legacy that you're part of your your father was this iconic artist and and you grew up with this you know as a young boy and and so you were you were starting to draw when you were just a, a toddler basically right
1: yeah dad was uh, always encouraging he he only worked like professionally uh from 1965 to 1975 Um, before that he was struggling and just doing it for himself and with lots of dreams you know but he also was a dynamo creator so even as a teenager like at, at 15 he came back from seeing disney's fantasia and he saw the sorcerer's apprentice and when mickey hands back the hat to the wizard, after all the brooms you know do their thing, and it floods out the 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 uh, the wizard's laboratory and when he comes back with the hat, the hat kinks, and that that was the moment when my dad went home and drew that hat with a kink in it with stars on it, and then put legs on him, and then he saw a little can of chichi nuts and <laughs> He was like, That's it, Cheech, Cheech the Wizard. And he wrote down the date and the time and he and the name and he, he knew that he had invented something special. And uh so that's when it, uh you know it was September 26, nineteen fifty seven, at two twenty in the afternoon. And that's mm-hmm. when Cheech was born. And and he's the most iconic graffiti character in the world. Not under you know stating that um i don't think there's a character that's more mimicked in in, in, in street art than Cheech the lizard no, I Melon, lizard, you're lizards too you know the lizards came a year later but you know from from the same influence uh of the Fant- fantasia the rites of spring had the duckbill dinosaur and that's how my father saw the duckbill dinosaur dying in the mock when the end of the earth was coming for the for the dinosaurs and um my dad saw that duck dinosaur and then he put a, a human body on it and the Bodhi lizard was born
0: i mean you're absolutely right like the you know that those characters you see you see them all over the world i mean you see them in germany i've seen him i've seen him personally in germany in canada i've even seen them in the smallest towns like the artsy small town of um, Asheville in North Carolina. I don't know if you've ever been there, Mark, but I, there's, a, there's a Cheech and a Lizard in Asheville as well.
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> I, You know, like I was, I've seen them too, you know, like it's kind of like having the characters wave at you, you know, from all these, you'd be in the most remote parts of the world and seeing, you know, I was on a train going from Barcelona to Cadequez, and out in the middle of the country, and there's an old, broken-down farmyard, you know, with 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 some some stones still standing, and there was a Bodie broad, you know, painted in spray can, and it just like, oh my God, you know, it's it's out here too. It's like you know, it's like a, it's like a, a like the characters waving at me, going, hey, Mark, we're we're watching, you know, we're here, we're here. And it, it makes makes the whole place feel, you know, like like your home, you know? Um
2: that's pretty beautiful, man.
1: He he um uh, yeah, dad uh, didn't expect that, I don't think. He he knew that his stuff was bigger than comics, but he didn't know what medium. He thought it might be toys, he thought it might be animation, he, he, he just knew it was bigger than comics, like cartoonists, like he he actually didn't like the term cartoonist, he wanted he wanted something a little like a better title for himself. But you know, guru, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, cartoon guru. He that's how he came upon that. You know, but um, you know, the the messiah. You know, like cartoon messiah. He was working on in that direction. You know, but um, as as things went on, you know, it's just like I, I see him all over the world. I I've, I've also. Had you know, I put I put up the characters in, in in a lot of in a lot of different places myself. You know, with spray cans and you know, do a lot of tributes and stuff like that. But you know, I I put a Cheech Wizard like when I first went to London, I uh, I was at this place called the White Horse, and that was the first pub we stopped at with the Ninja Turtle guys, and I put a Cheech Wizard on top of the toilet. I came back a year later and the, the toilet was stopped up and there's Cheech Wizard with a, a a pile of shit about this two feet tall. <laughs> and there's Cheech and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll never I'll never tag another another toilet again <laughs> <I promise. laughs> but um really there it's just like you know, I got into the whole graffiti thing because so many people were good at it, you know, so many artists just were like so good at doing Bodhi characters and, and I was like, Why it kinda irked me into it. Like, you know, I was still a comic book guy and I wasn't a graffiti artist. I didn't really have my chops, you know, in the early eighties. I was still, you know, still just trying to trying to keep a uh, a living going with my my comics and um uh, but I, I, I got used to it. And, um, you know, I, I, I have some good teachers. I started late, you know, started kind of late doing the graffiti. But I, I really didn't do much illegal stuff because I was already making a living at it. And it, I, I didn't want to jeopardize that by doing lots of illegal uh, yeah. trains and stuff like that. I did do a few, but, you know, very, very far and few between.
0: Sure. You know, it's interesting you mentioned, and it kind of gave me goosebumps when you talked about, like, going around random places, and and all of a sudden you see one, and it's kind of like, Dad, like, kind of there, waving at you, saying hi. You know, it's like, my dad worked in in pallets, and delivered pallets, and, and so when I see a pallet, it reminds me of my dad. But it's it's different for you because these are characters your dad created, which then you continued to draw, uh, you know, took on his liberty, and then people all over the world are, are doing their versions of it. And so I, I can only imagine that feeling. Maybe you're having a bad day or you feel like you're on the wrong path, and then you see something, you know, one of the characters on a wall somewhere, and it probably is like a, a reminder that, hey, you're, you're all right, you're in the right place, you're right where you need to be, the universe is here, you're, you know, it, I don't know. It's, I'm, it's I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure the feeling must be something.
1: It's a small world and you know that when you see these traveling around, you see the characters like that. My dad was very spiritual guy and um, he died very young. Um, he was only 33, almost. He, we had his funeral on his 34th birthday. And I was 12 years old at the time when he died, but I swore, like I gave up my childhood at that moment, you know, I I was like, okay, I I was, I was always practicing and wanted to, to work with him before that. um, And he was very encouraging. He gave me like an allowance to do him a few strips and stuff like that. You know, he was encouraging me in that way. And he said, we're going to be Bodhi and son. We're going to be two great things together. Um, and when he died, um, uh, I I got real serious and I was just like cut off all my friends that were my own age and I just started drawing five hours a day. And that helped, you know, to continue because I figured he didn't have anybody out, you know, like he was so young and he, and we needed to continue that. So um, I knew I was the person and, and so I dedicated my life to him at that point and um, still doing it.
0: Now, when you know your dad goes passes away at at such a young age, do does your mom, or did you have family that that talk to you about it, or like wh- explain how and why, or is it just kind of a mystery and you have to figure it out on your own as you get older? Like, what's that moment like where where you get the news?
1: Well, I was right there when he when he passed. Um, I mean, I, I I feel like it's kind of a dark a dark moment, um, to, to go to deeply into, but I, um, he was very open for, for, you know, and it was, and it was the seventies, you know, coming out of the sixties into the seventies, he died in 75. So he was very open to everything sexual and, and, and everything. Like his strips, we were living that strip. Like he was Cheech wizard and I was the lizard and he was hmm. like, you know, like how do you get laid, Cheech? And <laughs> Cheech is <laughs> like, oh, go jerk off to the Bible fuzzballs. You know, like he, he just—he was always like, I don't know. He had a, a very sarcastic wit, and um, but he, no, sometimes he was like trying to hook me up. You know, like w- like trying to get me laid, and I was, <laughs> like, do I have to take my underwear off for that? <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he was like that. You know, he was—he was a very open. He, he didn't want me to go through, which was total denial. And like, you don't even have a sexuality um, coming out of te- uh, your teen years. You're just like so confused. So yeah. he, he he did the opposite with me. And so when he went, you know, he said, Mark, never fear death. It's where we come from. It's where we're going. Uh, it's glorious and never fear it. And I always hold on to that because he was he he went there just a few days later, and didn't come back. And and I and I I grabbed onto that, you know. So that was kind of a saving moment where where he he told me it was so wonderful. God country is is the best, and it's it's uh, where we come from, where we're going. We're part of the all of the universe, and and that was uh, heavy, you know, to to put on a little kid, but. But it, it made it okay, you know, like uh mm-hmm. you know, we moved on. And and I was part of uh the what was what had to happen, you know, with his work because he was just starting to get all the things that a cartoonist wants to do and or an artist, you know, wants to get in their lifetime. He was just achieving all that when he died. So it's taken a lot of years to revive it, but we're finally getting there. You know, like uh um, you know, we got movie you know, we've had movie deals um that have happened and are still in a holding pattern. We've you know, got toys and clothing line coming out. Several times, you know, different companies, big companies, Puma, you know, Echo. The Cryptic is the latest one. They're they're uh, next next week actually in Magic, um in the um, Magic Show in the Las Vegas, we're premiering the new Bodhi line of clothes and gear. So that's the new the new thing, but it's always nice to be w- wanted and and always. I think this stuff is kind of timeless, and I've been very lucky to have a path that my father left for me. And you know, it's it's an up and down thing as 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 being a comic artist can be. Um, but we always have something going on, and it's always you know it's always a positive. Mm-hmm. It's always growing, so.
0: Yeah, and you, you, your dad, like, was part of of what created indie and underground comics. I mean, he was working with with Robert Crumb and Trina Robbins, and mm-hmm. and 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 really was. If it wasn't for for them, obviously, you wouldn't have been doing comics. But guys like me would have never started doing my own comics in black and white, and even thought that that was even a possibility. Um, And so, you know, you coming from that lineage, uh, what a gift. I mean, and and it just keeps giving. Um, It's actually,
1: with the underground, you know, like it's actually died off, you know? Like I got to, I was born into it and I got to see it die off, you know, like it, there's actually no market for it, you know, in the comics industry. Like there was a whole crackdown on the uh, busting, comic store owners for selling underground comics and adult comics. You know, during the 80s and 90s, it was it was pretty much killed off. It became alternative comics, you know, but it still right. wasn't underground, like, draw whatever you want. You know, Crumb is the only one that's kind of continued it in a way that, you know, perpetuated it as, as an adult theme. Um, but most people can't just, like, blatantly be sexual in this day and age and and get away with it
2: do you think it's just uh the times have changed so heavily where we're more in that PC world that it's harder to be open-minded about sexual things or whatever oh, absolutely. yeah I
1: mean uh in the 90s I I did a you know sometimes I joke around like you know people like when they say oh you're a cartoonist what what comics did you do and I'll just say well you may have heard of the Hunchback of Cunnilingus. That was mine. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and they look at you like, hmm? <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> but I did that with Guar, and we were having fun with the Guar guys, Hunter and Matt McGuire. Hunter Jackson was like one of the guys who created, who created uh, the the whole Guar a comic theme, and then it went into the, you know, the band itself, but we sat on the boss and passed the pages around, and then I went home and inked it and colored it. We we had so much fun, but you, you can do stuff like that back then, but now be hard-pressed to get it published,
2: you,
1: or you might have to just, just do it online and until you get so, much hate or, so many haters that you have to take it down, or, or sure. you get in trouble for it
2: somehow, you know. Sure. I I was going to say like, you know, the, the world of NFTs are booming like right now. And I feel like that kind of stuff can live pretty, pretty well, I would think on an NFT to make it more, you know, for the people who want it, want it. Does that make sense? I I don't know. I just thought that'd be something to think about. I I would feel like in the world of like, I have friends who
1: are trying to get me into the NFT thing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) I
2: barely get it. It's
1: (laughs) <laughs> gallery. I'm 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 still working on my my gallery. You know, in in real time. You know, yeah. <laughs> I got real nice stuff on my walls and from the my collection over the years. It, so it's hard for me to go. I really want that in my virtual gallery. <laughs> you <know>? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I already have a, a real gallery. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm with you. Like I've had, uh, you know, we've had NFT artists and. In- people on the show, and I, I know people who have been, been done very successful with the art in NFT. I, I've I've meddled with it, but to me, I'm like you, Mark, I just love, I don't want to say real art, because it's not that it's not real, but I like putting a piece of art on the wall in my house, and maybe that's uh, because I'm getting old. Well,
2: <laughs> not because you're um, old, sir. I, you know,
1: um, when I was in Paris, I was I went to Angolan, and did an art show there and um, and then I went up to Paris and um and I went to a girlfriend's um my my father her name's uh, Florence Sestak, and she's a very famous uh cartoonist in, in, in France and uh she, I went she invited me to her her apartment and oh my gosh you know there was like she had original Mobius Manara, Serpieri, like all my favorites are all there. Yet had, she hadn't had Charles Schultz, and she had uh, Popeye Seeger Pages. She had. I mean, the, I mean, I just like my my jaw was just dropping open, you know. I'm like, and that's you know when you've seen that kind of stuff, and you and you come up, you know, you just realize that that's the actual page they did, and they touched that, you know. Like, it's hard to. It's hard to imagine a, another world, you know, outside of the ri- the original page, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I'm coming out of, you know. So it's, you know, I, I mean, I'm definitely going to do some NFTs. Um, I got some friends who are like really after me to do that, and uh, and I, and I'm down for it. I just, uh, it's a little slow to to take uh, the hook, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like a- as iconic as the characters that you draw are they would go over extremely well in that world. We had on uh, a few episodes back, the artist who could the frog, which then became oh, this huge meme yes. and then was taken yeah. over by the, the the far right as like this symbol of hate. Anyways, he Yeah, I want created... to see
1: that. I have to uh, play that one because I, I saw the, his, uh, his documentary and, so and was, I was horrified. So well, I was horrified because that could happen to Cheech Wizard or something. Oh, yeah. That could happen totally. to any of us. You know, oh, yeah. like all of a sudden Cheech Wizard becomes a symbol of something else that you can't control on the internet. And that was just like horrifying to me to have to go, what, go through what he went through.
0: But on the flip, I think you could also have a similar success in the NFT world as he is with, with Cheech or the Lizard. So uh, when you get around to it, I'm, uh, I'm sure it will go over well. And so was there ever a moment when you're when you're a kid and you'd already been coloring your your dad's work in heavy metal, right? Like you were helping him color heavy metal pages, but like ghost coloring, right?
1: That- um, well, exactly what happened was uh, I was 15. I think I was in 10th grade of high school. I had, like I said, I'd been working five hours a day, practice, 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 gave up all my childhood friends. And I just had adult friends and, and comic book artists, you know, Larry Todd and uh, some, some uh, many, many others, you know. Um, I, I grew up around Jeff Jones and Bernie Wrightson and people like that. But Larry Todd was really um, the one who mentored me when my father passed away. And, Um, by the time I was 15, I was, I was pretty damn good, you know, and I could, I could hold my own, but heavy metal wanted to print, uh, Zooks, the the first lizard in orbit, but my dad had only done it in black and white and they wanted color. And I told my mother, don't tell them, but I'm going to supply the pages and see if they, they approve them, but don't tell them who's doing it. Because I knew that they, because they'd be like, "Oh, he's 15, No way, you know. And it's just like, "What? What does he think?" You know, we, you know, we're heavy metal. You know, like we're not gonna have a kid working. You know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I, so I uh, it's I not go a coloring through, book. I, I go through <laughs> it. exactly. I knew it. I, I knew it, and I was like, "Mom, don't tell him." And and they proved it. And then, and Larry Todd helped me through the the first few pages. You know, and just. Uh, pointing out, you know, how to put the white outlines on things and and how to punch, punch up, you know, by by using you know certain shading techniques, how, you know, with with the highlight techniques and um, that's a, you know I I did the whole thing and uh, I didn't get any credit for it but but gee uh, I was pretty hot shot you know like and I was going to an art school in Oakland and I I was published and I had Bank. I had a few thousand dollars for a 15 year old, you know, that's pimping, you know. So, oh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I was like, yo, girls, come with me. I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for most people, I'm sure. <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> kind of going backwards since then.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always too. Rate. I know what it's like.
1: Lower page rates are, 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 are definitely killing me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my that was my my first job was heavy metal magazine, and and then I met uh, Archie Goodwin, who uh, was running Epic Illustrated, and I once again inked and colored my father's work for him, the yellow hat strips in 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 Epic. The next step was penciling, inking, and coloring, and uh, that was Cobalt sixty, which. Epic also took on as a series. So I just got really lucky, and, but I had a, a great father to, to, to give me that path, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had all those opportunities, you know?
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned Cobalt 60, and that's such an interesting story to me, how that's that's a story he he was writing and drawing and didn't finish, and you picked it up where he left, Larry Todd was helping on the mm-hmm. writing on that, right? Or was he writing it He's from writing that point on?
1: Doing thumbnails. He he would thumbnail me key scenes in little tiny, you know, like one inch by two inch little layouts of the pages, and he would put the dialogue on there, and then I would figure out the rest. And um, we, uh, my father, I think he did like two ten page. Like, he did a 10-pager and an 8-pager, and then he did a cast of characters he never used. So, uh, Cobalt was initially a 10-page story that he wrote for Shangri-La Affairs, and then it got printed in Witsend, which is uh, Wally Wood's uh, uh, fanzine that that Anything Goes kind of a fanzine for uh, the late 60s. And my father won the Hugo for Best Fanzine Artist that year for Cobalt 60 in 69. But my father wanted best artist and not best fanzine artist. So when he got his Hugo Award, which is a rocket uh, attached to a pedestal, my father took it home and put a model rocket engine on it and tried to (laughs) launch it off the back of his VW bus or VW bug. And he said, stand (laughs) back, kid. You know, this thing's going to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And, and, it, and it just went up about two inches and spun around on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank but God he it didn't did,
0: blow blow his hand up.
1: I, it never took it too serious, you know, like he, but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, um, Cobalt 60 is still our most, you know, out of all the properties we have, even Cheech Wizard. I mean, Cobalt it has got the most potential and it's obvious because, you um, we, we had Zack Snyder come after it with Universal uh, in 2007 and wanted to do, he said one of his dreams is to do Cobalt as, as a, a live action movie, but unfortunately this happened, he came after us right after 300 with Frank Miller and then, and then he got Man of Steel, or he got Watchmen and then he got Man of Steel. And he's got, you know, like Superman, I, I mean, like Batman, and you know, just—you can't, you can't, you can't uh, compete with these, uh, with these properties, you know, <laughs> it's just like, they don't get yeah. there. And, and how, how is he going to backtrack to like something he really wanted to do, you know, so I'm just hoping that one day, maybe he'll make enough money on, on all that stuff, and he'll maybe come back to his his original dreams of, you know, like, make something happen, you know, that's more of a pure joy than than a marketable property, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we talk about this often Is is how, you know, movie studios just, they do what they know people are familiar with because there's less risk for them. So they're going to put another, right, another origin story, right, Mark? Like, we're going to yeah. see Batman's origin story again. Um, you know, it looks cool. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a good movie, but you know, it. How many times? The, yeah, and and like, there's so much great material, and you know, it's cool because you have places like Netflix, and you know, Sweet Tooth is is a is a show on there. Uh, so there, there are like lots of indie comics or underground comics mm-hmm. or just not Superman and Batman. Great. So 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 it. I'm glad that the window is still there for you. That so it's still there, right? So they still have the rights to to do it when um, the time we'll comes. Get the
1: rights back. It only lasted three years, but I got the 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 option money and and um, you know they they made a pass at the screenplay, which which was shocking because it, it really departed from the comic, but that was to be expected. And also, Zach said oh, that's why we hired these guys so we could change the script and they don't mind. Um, so we, we got that far. And um, so, you know, and we we tried to animate. Um, we did a, I worked on a, a VR um, comic book where you open the thing, it's a comic book with your phone and you look at it with your phone and the characters pop off the page and start fighting and blowing each other away. And we actually worked on that for two years. And we we're just about to get the okay from Apple to use their device um, for our comic. And my animator passed away in his sleep. What? <laughs> At Sorry, 55 years old, he, he passed away. And with all his passwords, because he was brilliant and, and had a photo uh, memory uh, and, and, uh, and, and never wrote anything down. So all the animation got locked up in his computer. Oh my god! I know. So so we spent two years on that, and it was gorgeous. We we go to like tech conventions, and we had the guy in the mocap suit as Cobalt sixty, and it's on the screen, and people are walking by, and Cobalt's like, you know, heckling them as they walk by, and and we had these tech guys coming over, looking at our comic book and seeing it pop off, and they're just, and they had this horrified look, like, how did these
0: these old timers. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this. These old comic comic nerds. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, it felt I, good. You know, like it was like, yeah, you know, we still got it. You know. I remember you, we were doing a comic book store signing somewhere, Mark, and you had like a, I guess it might have been a prototype of it. It was like an augmented reality. Me on your phone, you put it up to the page. It was beautiful and amazing. Yeah, that's and it. That was it. I believe that the reason it didn't happen is because the guy died in his sleep with the passwords in his
1: he just, he just had he said um Mark Butler. He he um he was brilliant and um and he worked on a lot of special effects in Hollywood and uh, um, but he said he said my leg's swelling up and i'm not sure what it is and i was like well go get that checked out he goes well they checked it out they don't really know what you know it's the reason they call it you know practicing medicine and and uh and uh, we had a regular conversation and uh that night he the the you know he got a blood clot from his the swelling of his leg so he didn't even know anything was wrong it's really bizarre you know it's like but these days, you know, with COVID and everything, it's just like you don't know. You know, you really don't know what's happening with people. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just like, live your life. You know, yeah, a list.
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 just and Ooh. and don't hold hold on to things too tightly because the impermanence of everything is always there, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, Mark, was there ever a period in, in you know after your dad passed you started you know spending hours and hours drawing? You, was there ever a point where you were not going to be an artist or were you set that I am taking on this role as an artist in my life?
1: Um, no, no. I always wanted from, from. I mean, I was only uh, two or three years old and my dad was uh, trying to keep me out of his hair and, you know, just and telling me to do comic strips
0: and giving me a quarter or... And he had great hair, by the way. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm glad you
2: said that, Mike, because I wanted to say that, too. Like, he had super <laughs> awesome hair. <laughs> yeah. He
1: was a really rock star, you know? Like, you Mobius t- said there was nobody, like, that was a rock star in the, in the industry like Vaughn was, you know? Sure. And it's true. He, he really was. I mean, people thought, what band are you in? You know, like. The, and before <laughs> well, yeah. he got the hair, they thought he was he, he was a Kennedy, so like he get congratulated.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> congratulations, Mister Kennedy! And so that's that's kind of the, the the range that he went through of change in the, in the last uh, ten years of his life. Um, but um, uh, uh, anyway, he he didn't have any idea of this this whole underground art form that was going to embrace his work, the graffiti thing is just spread. And, 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 and like, that's really our main market, you know, like, um, I think it's not even comics anymore. It's the graffiti and the street art world and mm-hmm. the galleries and the shows. And I mean, I go to comic, you know, cons. I see, I see Mike all the time and we, we, we work it. Um, but I, uh, Mm, i I really feel like that's not our main market anymore and hasn't been for a couple of decades now you know so I, I'm constantly you know working the street art aspect of things and now now it's pop culture and you know and hip hop hip-hop characters you know which is what what we represent
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean, let me ask you about that because you 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 graffiti is such it's one of the elements of hip-hop are are you also into hip hop music like do you, is that what you listen to when you draw or what's what's your vibe when you're listening to music
1: i'm I, I listen to a lot of things but i'm more like when i'm working i i I prefer more um like ambient kind of stuff like i i want to get lost in time and i don't want to hear a bunch of lyrics and stuff so i I'll, I'll just kind of Choose a Pandora station that, that just kind of like takes you out, and and hours and hours will go by, and it just seems like minutes, you know. When I'm when I'm too concerned about who's playing or who's singing what, you know, it it, it tends to make uh, t- take too much attention away from me, and I can't get lost in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of. But I listen to a lot of different stuff. My my wife is a belly dancer, and and uh, so we, you know, obviously we're really big into Arabic and, um, you know, ethnic music uh, as well over the years. Yeah, so, um, mm-hmm. but as far as the graffiti element, uh, those characters are around to stay, I, I, I don't think they're going to go away. Mm-hmm. I think long after we're all gone, maybe even the human race when it's wiped out, there'll still be a Cheech on a wall somewhere <laughs> yeah you know
0: like, I, I really yeah, i think i think that's a that's a great image for an nft is a broken wall with a decimated background and a cheech there
1: he is and then, still there
0: that. And you know what else will you know what else will still be there is the shout out speaking of hip-hop that the beastie boys gave you know your dad and 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 yeah. the characters a, what was the name of the song that they, they sure did the Shot. shout out in? Sure Shot. Sure Shot. Yeah, yeah like
1: in the middle, about about uh, halfway through, yeah. But, um, it's like, I'm a Vaughn Bodie, like a teach wizard, never quitting, so why don't you listen? <laughs> you know, and it's, that's, that's, yeah. yeah and uh, that was another thing, you know, like, um, when that came out, it was so cool to hear that on the radio all the time. And I was like, hey, you know, Listen, watch. And then they they say my dad's name. I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and all the homies go
1: hey. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: um but um
1: when they saw when I saw it on the video and there was a Cheech wizard in the video and then TV, I was like, hey, wait a minute. That's uh copyright infringement. They have to have permission for that. And so so I had to go after them. Oh yeah (laughs) you had to to. yeah yeah and and, uh, and the manager you know it's like um well ad rock will talk to you and like ad rock called me and and he was just like yo you know we 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 just have you know you do some beastie boy shirts for us because we sell more more shirts and we do uh uh cds and uh you know and like we'll just have you do a bunch of that and uh, I immediately dropped my guns and I started working with them and then but they never used it mm. they used my drawings for backstage passes at Madison Square Garden and uh, oh, wow. yeah yeah it was unfortunate but I I just, I I couldn't use my my good money for bad things. And, you know, they had deep pockets. They could have thrown me some change,
0: but they didn't. Did you get to use the backstage pass, Mark? Did you get to go backstage?
1: No, they they invited me to their shows. Okay. Molly and I went backstage, and it was actually his his girlfriend, Ione Sky, who did the drawing of Cheech Wizard in the video. Mm. And she was actually the Bodhi fan in, in the group. Um, You know, we've we've been you know a lot of things happen over the years, but uh, this
0: yeah, you're you're getting you know you get to see you go to a comic convention, you see, I mean, um, besides your art, you see your dad's art, you you see your dad's art emulated around the world in graffiti. You can hear it on the radio. It, it's like he's never really left in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you're you're still like that boy? who's trying to show his dad, like, Hey, I'm, I'm still carrying on the legacy. Dad, look at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever still feel that?
1: We, we, um, we've been in touch. I mean, through these dreams that I have, like every few years, I'll get an extremely strong dream with like a phone call and it. And I'm always like in my dream, pinching myself. Cause I think you're okay. Everything's good. You're here, and he's and and like I think I'm, every you know. And, and every time he comes uh, in the dream, it's him, you know, in person. Okay, and um, sometimes he looks at what I'm doing, like I was doing the book of me for Fanagraphics, which was a big book of Cheech Wizard, a mishmash, a variant of, of Cheech Wizard material that I did and he did, and you know, it's like a big, uh, a big book. And uh, and in the dream. I was well the day before. I was I was writing the intro as Cheech Wizard. It's it, it it sounded like Cheech. It was you know, it, was, it was very uh, irreverent and and, uh, and 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 mouthy and uh, it's in character. But it something didn't feel quite right. And that night, my father comes to me and he goes, "Mark, as you are now, as you were when I was alive, you are the lizard." I and Cheech wizard right <laughs> as the lizard and don't make me come back down here again <laughs> wow and, and i was like so relieved because i the next morning i woke up and i was like oh my god that's the answer you know and i wrote as the lizard and it was it just flew out of me like like so naturally you know and it just needed him to like go hey what's up and uh, you know i, yeah. I had a, a dream when i was working on a strip that was all like his format his characters and everything was for while you're sleeping uh, roger gassman's thing back in the 90s and my father came to me in a dream and we're in grand central station which was his favorite train station and he we're walking by uh, a newsstand he picks up the magazine flips open and stops on the page i did and he looks at it. And goes, hmm, thanks for ripping me off. And I, and I, <laughs> and I you, know, <laughs> you know, in 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 the dream, you know, in a dream like you try to talk and you're, blah, 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 you can't talk. Yeah, I talked very clearly and and directly. And I said, Dad, you know, you were one artist and and you did your thing, and I'm one artist and I'm doing my own thing, but when I do you, it's Two times me, and it's two times you. And we have to realize that. and he and he 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 closed the magazine. he's thank you, son mm. <laughs> and, he, and he embraced me, and it was like that was like a wipe the sweat from your brow moment, you know, <laughs> yeah, but like it, it really is true, you know, it's like uh, you know I can can further him and he can further me when we, when we work together. So he's he's immortal and I'm the mortal. You know, and we have to work together, you know.
0: Right. Wow. That's a beautiful way of, of saying it and That's and sometimes you may get a spiritual lashing from your from your father. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, he's about to give me another one, I'm sure in in in, the, in Vegas. And oh, yeah. We we you know cuz uh the the company is uh was over a barrel because we can't use Bodhi. There's another uh, another clothing designer that has using the the name Bodhi and she trademarked years ago. Oh. And we just came in late, you know. And so we couldn't use Vaughn Bodie because Vaughn's dead and he can't hold the copyright properly. So it has to be Mark Bodie presents um, you know, and, and do the Bodhi line like that. Um so this huge booth that they're building does Mark Bodie on it with all those characters up there and not all of them are mine.
0: Oh you're gonna get you're gonna get a dream. I'm yeah. get the dream. Well first you're gonna get a dream because you're you're in New Vegas, you know, and you know there there's that dream and then there's the, then oh, there's no, the dream.
1: What's up with the what's up with yeah. your name there?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where's mine, hmm? So, so let me let me let's talk about the uh, decrypted <laughs> <My>
1: idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let me talk about them for a bit. So, how, so they they um, you know they're they're a fashion company. They've they've licensed uh, stuff from. Uh, currently, they're doing a Boondocks uh-huh. run. Um I checked it out. It was really really awesome, awesome stuff. And the Boondocks again, such iconic, cool characters that you also see being all over, all over the place. How did how they approach you and, and, and say, hey, we, we want to do a line with you?
1: Yeah, I think they were looking for the next, I mean, they were licensing from Warner Brothers and different big companies, but so does dozens of other companies, you know, like that's just kind of Bugs Bunny all over everything. Yeah. Um, but but um, the, uh, uh, the Boondocks thing was really taken off and they were selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of units and really, really took off. And and so they were looking for something to take them back um, to the roots of where maybe even boondocks came from. I am not talking to them, but I'm just saying I think they they mutually came to Bodhi. And, um, you know, because that's the, the beginnings of of the hip hop characters and the big footed you Know, uh, slouchy stance, you know, uh, characters, and and that's, I think, why they came to me. And, um, and I'm very glad they did because I, I feel like it's a, a gravy train coming on the tracks. And I'm, and I'm and I'll be very, you know, through this COVID thing and all that, it's, it's, it, it, it's good timing, you know, <laughs> like I'm ready, yeah. I'm ready for a gravy train. I hope, it, I hope it does well.
0: And you, you've seen what the, the, the products are going to be like is it the, like letterman style jackets and shoes or what what can we expect
1: um it, it, so far it's it's uh mainly shirts and hats and pants you know like the pants or you know like everything everything has the puffy like you know multi-fabriced you know uh, embroidered Uh, shirts and stuff, so none of that's ever been done with our stuff before. We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of, of shirts, Echo and Puma all did shirts and hoodies and stuff like this, but these guys have taken it to the next level and really, really cool stuff. I I can't wait to see this stuff. I'll see it for the first time and actually have it in my hands uh, on
0: Valentine's weekend when when we get down there. And, and when is that? That's, that's, you said uh, the following weekend? Uh, magic,
1: magic, yeah. Uh, magic show, it's 15th, uh, 16th, 17th or something, is that? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's even the small one, the big one's in New York City. Right, Fourteen,
0: fifteen, sixteen. 15th, 16th, yep. So, so you go to Vegas for the Pro Bowl and then you stay for the magic <laughs> show and then go by the, you know, the Decryptic Bode series all right <laughs>
1: yeah, hoping it, it takes you know I, I think it will i think the the first uh the first drop is, is mainly for the summer the summer mm. orders and and so everything's geared towards marijuana nice i'm I'm giving out a little secret here but it's um like it, there's going to be like cereal boxes with the characters on them like fakes the marijuana you know like sugar uh-huh. smacks and tricks are, are not for kids and, and it will have cheats you know and, mm. and smoking a bong
0: and you know <laughs> oh that's like fun that, man. man i bet that's that was really so fun funny. to draw i didn't do any of it <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right. I did it a long time ago you know, like, they were just like sourcing stuff i already did you know they came to my house and, and downloaded everything off my computer and they're like see you mark <laughs> and i was like oh,
2: can I can I ask a quick question about the the, the clothing? So I see on the website they talk about augmented augmented reality clothing. Is that going to be the same for for your guys' clothing too?
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. We want they they want to do the, uh, yeah, the, the pop off. We're going to do some animation. I'm hoping that because awesome. we're associated with the Boondocks so closely that that somebody's like, why isn't this guy animated? You know, like why isn't this happening? You know, and I'm hoping that those people. We'll, we'll take notice and, and we'll end up seeing more Cheech Wizard, you know, because I think Cheech deserves his own TV show. You know, the Freak Brothers are out there, so why not yeah. Why not Cheech? I mean, Cheech's got staying power like no other, so. I, oh, I like think that. it'll happen, you know. I'm just hoping it happens in our time, you know, so we can see it.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, there's another thing I wanted to mention uh, here. There's a documentary that's, that's currently in the works or it, it's been in the works for some time um, you know basically about your father and I know you're in it obviously mm-hmm. call and it's called the book of Vaughn, right um, yes, yes and that's another thing that we hope uh, comes to life in our lifetime yeah. so that uh, well,
1: Nick, Nick Francis is, uh, is doing that he's, he's the director and um, I picked him like I've had other directors approach me to do his story because he's such a rock star and, and like it's that comet that comes through the atmosphere and then burns out, you know, like so bright and then burns out, like and then he's gone, you know. It's like so many rock stars of his yeah. era, like Jimmy and Janice and, and Jim Morrison. They're, they're all like my father fit right into that group. And so, so his story is obviously a tragic one uh, but also one of inspiration and uh, and timelessness. So um, we're going to come out with this. And, and, and I had turned down other directors because like one wanted, you know, to uh, pay attention to his uh, sexuality and his uh, cross dressing and being a pioneer of that. And I was like, no, no that's not what it's about. And uh, another person wanted the hip hop graffiti element. And wanted to go heavy on that, and I said, my dad never knew about that, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. and and Nick came in just right. He just, like, he says, I, I, he's a creative dynamo. He was the king of 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 uh, underground comics and 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 uh, creating these amazing characters on on a daily basis, like universes and, and and all the you know, like he came in and he said all the right things and. We'll touch on all that other stuff, but, you know, because that stuff's juicy and, and makes for good documentaries, but, but I don't want to, you know, ever go heavy on it. You know? mm-hmm. so, we'll, we'll, so we're doing it right, and uh, and it's going to be about his art and his creativity, because I really feel like he's up there with Jack Kirby and in, in a lot of ways with, with, with the creations of all the things, and I think he's, he's a Frank Baum type, you know, or uh, J.R. Tolkien, like my yeah. father, like, create, created on that level, you know, and I think he's a sleeper, too, you know, I think he will continue to grow his properties, his universes are, are yet to be tapped. I really feel like uh, once once it's tapped, it'll keep, you know, they'll keep digging and digging and getting more stuff from, from his worlds.
0: You know, Mark, I just want to say, like, your dad, you know, he came up with a lot of these, with all these characters and and kind of started with with the other early pioneers of, of underground comics. But I don't know, and this is just my opinion here, and maybe you can tell me how you feel about it, would he continue to still, would his legacy still continue to go on in the way that it has if you aren't there to be that mortal part that keeps it Going like your your hand on the torch, the bode torch I think is just as important um,
1: well, it, uh, properties don't usually grow um, without new material and I've always known that and you know and sometimes you have your hardcore Vaughn fans that don't even know he has a son and then there's there's people hardcore uh, mark fans that don't know I had a father. <laughs> and then there's people who do both, you know, and like love both. And, and so I try to switch channels, you know, you know, cause I'm my father's biggest fan, you know, I've, I've given my life to him and, uh, and his characters. I mean, when somebody passes away, you know, you lose them besides pictures and stuff, maybe, you know, but, but I have a choice. I, I have a plethora of, uh, parts of my dad, the the characters are like pers- hit, are, are like friends that I could bring back to life, and and so that makes me comfortable to to uh, to, to be in those in those worlds, and uh, mm. and I'm happy. I'm with the with the gang, you know, like and 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 my I'm off, often my cheeks hurt from from grinning, you know, while I'm mm. grinning for hours and hours, <laughs> and. and and that's like what it's about, you know, and but I do uh, I, I do think like I said, uh he's immortal and he needs the mortal and, and yeah. we work together like that and that's that's where we're we make a good team, you know, and um without me it, it probably would have gone public domain a long time ago yeah. know, and would have would have dispersed into pop culture and and then like everybody would have borrowed from it. And it would have got so watered down that people wouldn't even know where what the original work was. Um, so you gotta have the new material, and you gotta keep the stuff in print, and and that grows a property. So um, yeah. and, and also being diverse, you gotta be diverse. You know, you can't put everything in one basket. You know, like you know when when the Ninja Turtles waned out. I went heavy, I, 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 I taught myself to, to tattoo, and I, you know, and uh, with, with a uh, apprentice as a tattooer. And for right. uh, many, like, a couple of decades I did tattoos, and, but then when tattooing would fall out, I'd go heavy on the comics or, or selling art, buying art, you know, doing gallery shows, um, and, and then uh, licensing. Licensing is the best of them all because you've already done the work and they just throwing them on everything you know and that's that's where we're at now so um i I can go down to magic and let everybody's you know and and i can just show up and just be like you have a pretty face let me sign it Yeah, cutting lips. So let me assign your lips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I'm at that point where I think the licensing is the best thing of them all because, uh, you you know, it just you, you've already done the work. You, you got the uh, you, you know, hundreds of thousands of of images, and uh, and now they're just that work. It, it yeah. can work for you, and you don't have to do anything, you know, except approve yeah. and disapprove.
2: And that's awesome. And,
0: And you know, you've also got all the originals. I mean, you've got notes that your dad wrote you, his notes, his diaries, his, you know, my dad passed away. I've got one, one note that he wrote to me that I I still keep. That's like special. It's just, and it's nothing. It's just like, Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Gone. But it's—I'll always keep it just because it's like that one piece that I have that he left, and yeah, yeah. and you—you've got this. I mean, you can go into your dad's whole imagination, and I just think it's beautiful that you have that and that you're still carrying that along for the rest of us to enjoy. So,
1: well, I think yeah. I think that your, your dad views, you and like I, I mean, we got a little help. Hope so, you know that, that that our that our parents, you know, when we lose them, they're, they're, they're happy for us and watch over us and uh, yeah yeah I he was very uh, charming with kids and adults and men and women and it was uh it was he was a very charming guy you know and really miss him so much but um but like I said I can keep him around you know by having the characters around constantly on a daily basis you know so it's it's like it's been 40 something years since he died but it really just feels like it was yesterday you know that he was kicking around and telling me stories and crazy Crazy yeah. stuff and trying to hook me up with broads and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Those are some fun what, memories, I'm sure. What a great dad. What a great and, dad. For
0: sure. My dad never did that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, speaking of, of having the, the characters around for everyone to enjoy, you're going to be at East Bay Comic Con coming up mm-hmm. on February 6th, which is uh, this... We'll air it before that. So uh, that's Sunday, February 6th in Concord. Everyone can go to eastbaycomiccon.com or eastbaycomiccon on social media. Get the info and uh, come see Mark. Come say hi. Buy some art. You have some other items for sale there? or Oh, yeah. Sure.
1: I mean, we've got lots of comic books and, and T-shirts and posters. And, and, and I do commissions. And, you know, I'm... I like to be accessible to to people, appreciate our work. Um, Yeah, I'll be there, and uh, I love Steve Wyatt, and I I always go to his shows whenever I can. Good people, you know, we get along great. uh, I'm looking forward
0: to that, and I'll see you
1: there too, Mike.
0: I'll be there. Uncle Dad will be there too. Yeah, Yeah. you're going to
1: be there too? Great. Come
0: say hi. Speaking of commissions, I just want to drop a little I just want to tickle the listeners' (laughs) ass with a feather really quickly that when the Captain A-Hole's Guide to Getting Older book does come out, one of the alternate covers is by our guest, Mark Bode. I was going to say that. That's all I'm going to say.
2: That's always gonna say, folks. That's always gonna say, tickle, tickle, <laughs> <Yeah>. tickle. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta visit that again. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Dude, I gotta get like... to, I I gotta start doing what what Mark did and spend five hours drawing a day. Otherwise, yeah, dude,
2: I don't do not... that
0: anymore. <laughs> oh,
2: but what he did, you need to do that now, Mike. So well, I, well, yeah.
0: I
1: you. <laughs> No, I, I I do I I do. Pain every now and then for myself, but I, uh, but yeah, um yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that anymore. But, but,
0: um, but yeah. I should. <laughs>
1: well, yes, Mike, you definitely, definitely should. To I, <laughs> I gotta warm up. One thing about getting older is, is my, I gotta warm my hand up. I never used to have to do that. I gotta warm <laughs> my hand up, or it doesn't behave properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the hell?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of things as we get older that don't behave properly. Okay, that's the truth. <laughs> There's a few things. Yeah. Uh, what this is. Mark, uh, where else can uh, people find you online? Or, or uh, how, do, how do people look you up?
1: I'm um, on the Mark Bodie Official on Instagram and Vaughn Bodie Official on Instagram. Got Mark Bodie five on Twitter, which is kind of new to me. I, I I was I was I was just trying to do it, to see if what the whole thing was about, and and so it's kind of new page. But uh, and then Mark Mark Bodie on on Facebook and um, oh. those, those are the things the ways to get in touch with me, and and we uh, look forward to the convention this week.
0: One last question. I know you did uh, recently our. our kind of recently heavy metal mm-hmm. some, some new stuff in there will you have any of those for sale at your table
1: oh um, hmm. metal is it's hard to get a hold of those issues um, I'm not quite sure I think they're they're trying to branch out into animation and movies and, and using the, the, the metal the, the book the magazine as a launch pad mm-hmm. um, and that's the, the flavor I'm the idea I'm getting from it because um, uh, I don't have a lot of issues uh, to, to sell, but I I do have some some blank 300 covers, <laughs> but which are now worth 300 bucks each. All right. Wow! Which makes them kind of hard to sell because when I draw on them, then I have to charge on top of that. Yeah. Which makes people go, "Man, you're really gouging! <laughs> you're really gouging me, man! I thought we were friends." Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I I really don't I don't see myself bringing the 300s with me, but um, just for that purpose uh, or that reason is, is that the, the the issues themselves have become collectors' items already. The, the blank covers they actually gave me a bunch of them, but I might just sit on them for a little bit. But yeah, um, you know, heavy metal uh, 300, 301, and 302, I got. 20 pages and a feature those issues so I was nice. I was lucky yeah I'm still one of the younger of the old cool guys from the from the magazine um because I started at 15 <laughs> right yeah. and now I'm in my 50s and I'm you know most of those guys that were working for the magazine back then are in their 80s now so I'm still kind of the the young guy on the
0: block oh yeah. yeah you're just a baby
2: yeah. yeah just, just a baby kid, man. Just a baby kid.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, uh, you're just totally open. And uh thanks again, man. It was great great talking to you like this.
1: Little dad. bad. It was great to uh, talk with you. I'll see you this Sunday. Yes, you Monday. will. It's great. And thanks for inviting me.
2: I have one last quick question. We haven't asked this in a very long time, Mike, and I'm just going to bring it up now. Uh, oh, yeah. We used to always end the show when we talked to any sort of creator of any kind. We would always ask them, if you could recommend any sort of book or common book to read to our audience, uh, or our audience for them to read, what would you recommend? So you can't say your work. you got to say somebody else's work. <laughs> it's a great
1: one called Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Being banned right now. No. Yeah. That's a great book, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't believe this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, I, yeah, that that'd be the one. I, okay. I, right now, right now, it's like we gotta. And I'm I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad that the whole thing's happened because it brings more attention to arts. Uh, For sure. Spiegelman's uh, work and and the Holocaust and all that. And that that was uh, he deserved uh the awards he got for the book and, and uh, but yeah uh, right now that's the book to get and i'm glad he's getting all the attention you know maybe it's a good thing in, in the long run. yeah awesome
2: awesome mark thank you so much okay. for taking the time <laughs>